0: The following is a message of First Baptist Richardson. For more information, please visit fbcr.org. Well, good morning, uh, First Baptist Church. Uh, I feel like um, I have arrived. Let me explain. You know, when you put your um, address into the destination of a GPS and it gets you to that destination and it says, you have arrived, that's the way I feel today. I have arrived. I have made it to the big screen. And I just want you to know that I am honored to be here again this morning. I am preaching uh, in Worship East but I'm happy to share the morning's worship service with you as well. So thank you also very much for being here and for the time. Uh, Kathleen and I have enjoyed very much these last uh, couple of weeks with you, and we're praying for great days ahead for the First Baptist Church. Now, let me tell you, I am a um, flag flyer. Let me explain what I mean by that. Um, this past Thursday morning, February the 23rd, I went out in front of my house and I hung my Texas flag. Now, I have a box full of all kinds of flags and I fly them for all kinds of different occasions. Now, Thursday morning, I hung up my Texas flag and it will fly in front of my house for the next 13 days. I will take it down on the evening of March the 6th. Now, there are two exceptions to that. This morning and next Sunday morning for about four or five hours, I take it down and put up my Christian flag because Kathleen and I want our neighbors to know who we are and what we are. But other than those two occasions for the next 13 days, I am flying my Texas flag, because those 13 days are the days of the siege of the Alamo. Now when you think about the Alamo, and I hope that you will in these next 13 days, uh, you think about it from a military perspective. You kind of have to understand that was really, from the very beginning, an impossible task. And that brings us to this morning as we talk about overcoming the impossible. So take your Bible, if you would, as we continue working our way through the book of Joshua. Today we're in Joshua chapter 10. I'm going to start at verse 7, and I'll read down through verse 15. Get your Bible, follow along with me, and let me say at the outset as we read through some of these... I'm not certain I pronounce all of these Hebrew towns and names correctly. I'll do my best. You do your best. We'll know what we're talking about. Joshua chapter 10, verse 7. So Joshua and all his troops, including all his best soldiers, came from Gilgal. The Lord said to Joshua, do not be afraid of them, for I've handed them over to you, Not one of them will be able to stand against you. So Joshua caught them by surprise after marching all night from Gilgal. The Lord threw them into confusion before Israel. He defeated them in a great slaughter at Gibeon, chased them through the ascent of Beth-horon, and struck them down as far as Azekah and Makedah. As they fled before Israel, the Lord threw large hailstones on them from the sky along the descent of Beth-horon all the way to Azekah, and they died. More of them died from the hail than the Israelites killed with a sword. On the day the Lord gave the Amorites over to the Israelites, Joshua spoke to the Lord in the presence of Israel, Son, stand still over Gibeon. And moon over the valley of Igelon. And the sun stood still, and the moon stopped until the nation took vengeance on its enemies. Isn't this written in the book of Jashar? So the sun stopped in the middle of the sky and delayed its setting almost a full day. There has been no day like it before or since, when the Lord listened to a man, because the Lord fought for Israel. Then Joshua and all Israel with him returned to the camp at Gilgal. So just um, a little background as we kind of work our way through this idea of overcoming the impossible. You'll remember a couple of weeks ago we talked about that great victory that the Israelites enjoyed and experienced over Jericho. Then we moved on to the city of Ai, and there they had an initial stumble, but then eventually came across to a victory. Well, after that victory, as you might expect, the other territories nearby began to uh, worry about this nation of Israel and their army. And so there were five of those territories, five kings that came together, joined forces, and rose up against Israel. Well, the Israelites, after they had defeated the people at Ai, they kind of felt maybe a little overconfident. I think it's safe to say that. And others were concerned. And one particular people group, the Gibeonites, came to them and kind of tricked them so to speak a little bit of a false testimony they pretended to have come from a land far away the Israelites Joshua failed to ask or inquire of God about this people and how they should handle the situation they took them at their word come to find out they were not from a land far away they were from very close by but the Israelites had already given their promise so they ended up having to make a treaty with them so all of that being done, all of these now five kings mustering their forces against the people of Israel, that leads us to overcoming the impossible. And really just two thoughts for today. And here's the first one. When it comes to overcoming the impossible, step one, do what you can. Take action yourself. Do something. That's exactly what happened with the Israelites. You kind of go back and look at the little pattern of their initial response to these five kings, several things. One, Joshua this time did inquire of the Lord, and the Lord assures him of victory over these Amorites, these, these others. He assures them of victory. Then, He gathers up his army, including his very best soldiers. And then he marches all night long. And then a surprise attack against them. And then as they begin to achieve the victory, he pursues them until the victory has been final. So I'm simply saying Joshua and the people... They did what they could. They took extraordinary action on their own. Do something. Do what you can. Take action. There's another story similar to this one a little later on in the Old Testament. Have to go back now to the King Hezekiah. Now, there was a time King Hezekiah in Jerusalem... Kind of his advisor was the Old Testament prophet Isaiah. And rising up against King Hezekiah were the Assyrians led by King Sennacherib. And so they lay siege to Jerusalem. Hezekiah seeks Isaiah for advice. And this is a serious matter. And the story is told both in Israelite history and in Assyrian history. But as you look through the Israelite account of it, a couple of things come to light. One, Hezekiah and the people inside the wall being held siege by the Assyrians, they died. Did what they could. Go back and read the story. It's both in Second uh, Kings eighteen and eighteen, and it's in Second uh, Chronicles. You, you read these two accounts, and you find that outside the wall, they did what they could to, uh, block, to to stop up the springs, so the Assyrian army wouldn't have water. They dug a canal for hundreds of meters, so that they themselves could have water. Could have water. They went on and prepared all of their weapons. They got their people ready. They did what they could. And then, through the prophet Isaiah, they they beseeched the Lord. But the first step is, do what you can. Now, Here's a phrase most of you have probably heard somewhere along the way. The Lord helps those who help themselves you'd be surprised how many people, maybe some of you, probably not, but maybe some of you actually think that's in the Bible. It is not. The Lord helps those who help themselves is not a biblical reference. And frankly, may not even be theologically correct. At the same time, I do think there is something to be said for doing what you can, helping yourself, taking action on your own. It's like the person who decides he or she needs to lose weight, but has no lifestyle change whatsoever. God, help me lose weight, but changes nothing instead. So my first thought to you for today is... Let's take action. Do something. Do what you can. Step one. That leads us to step two. Step two is ask God for help. Now that asking God for help has to be genuine. It has to be humble. And it has to be earnest in every way and that's what happens here they have taken the action that they can take but as you read the account it appears as though in order to to bring about a complete victory over these five Amorite kings what needs to happen is they need more time they need more daylight in order to get more time Joshua steps before God with a genuine Humble and earnest request, and it is bold. One of the boldest prayer requests of all of Scripture. Old Testament or New Testament, this is a bold request. What does he ask? He asks God to make the sun stand still. And for the moon to stop in its tracks. Throughout the Bible. There may not be a request more bold than this one. Sun, stand still. Moon, stop where you are. And God granted that request for almost a full day. And in so doing, brought about a victory for his people. So, step one, take action. Do what you can. Step two, Ask God for help in the most genuine, humble, and earnest way that you can. And it's what happened here. Ask God for his help. Have you ever heard this story? I've kind of always been fascinated by it a little bit. Um, it's the story of a man who saw a storm coming and decided to, at least initially, Ride it out. But as he's riding out the storm, he realizes that it's worse than maybe he thought it was going to be. He realizes that um, he probably does need to evacuate. But he begins to pray. And he prays and asks God for help, asks God for deliverance. Well, as he's out on his porch, as the waters begin to rise, a truck comes by. The driver of the truck stops and says, can I help you? And the man says, no. I am praying and asking God for his deliverance and his provision. The truck drives on. So a little while later, as the water continues to rise, a boat comes by. And the the driver of the boat, stops in front of the man's house and says, Hey, can we help you? The man pauses and says, No, thank you, though. I have prayed and I am asking God and trusting God for his provision and his deliverance. The boat moves on. Well, the water continues to rise. The man gets up on his roof. Sure enough, wouldn't you know it? A helicopter comes by. And the, 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 the pilot of the helicopter and the people, the rescue team in the helicopter calls down and says, Hey, can we help you? And the man says, No. I have prayed and I'm asking God for his deliverance and for his provision. You probably know the rest of the story. The man does not survive the storm. He gets to heaven. Meets St. Peter at the Golden Gate, as we like to say. And asks the question, I prayed and asked for deliverance and provision, what happened? And you know what St. Peter said, Well, we sent a truck, we sent a boat, and we sent a helicopter, and you did nothing. I'm simply saying to you, when you pray and ask God for his provision, for his deliverance, if you pray earnestly and humbly and and, and, and genuinely, let's not put any parameters on how God may respond let's not put any limits on how God may meet our need let's trust God to do what he does and respond to our needs in his best wisdom and way so what happened here was they asked God for help and he responded so a couple of thoughts there One, how do we pray about this? I think we pray with uh, a couple of thoughts in mind. One, God, I believe you can. Now, whatever obstacle you're facing, whatever barrier is out there in front of you, whatever challenge you're currently dealing with, it may look, seem, appear to be, impossible you pray about that I pray about that and we pray believing God I believe that you can I think that's what Joshua did here he did not ask God to hold the Sun in his tracks without believing that God could do that in full confidence he knew that God could and that's the way we come to the Lord. God, please, I am asking you, knowing that you can. Secondly, God, I believe and I know that you can. I'm just asking that you will. I am asking that you will. You know what I am facing. You know what I'm struggling with. You know what's in front of me. I, I believe that you can. I'm just asking that you will. And I'm asking that you will without my parameters in place. I'm asking that you will without my predetermined notions out there already. I'm just asking you to deliver, to respond, to provide in this occasion. So this is a, a, a powerful, beautiful, profound story in the Old Testament. But we break it down into two really simple thoughts today. One... To overcome the impossible requires us to do what we can. Numerous biblical examples of that. Two, we ask God for help. We ask him for help in the right way. Now let's go back for a minute. Let's go back to the Alamo. I don't think from any perspective, any way you can look at it, What happened to the Alamo was indeed a a crushing defeat. But it wasn't final. As a matter of fact, six weeks later, April 21st, 1836, at the Battle of San Jacinto, again, another military environment that from almost any perspective appeared again, impossible, a final victory, sudden victory was won, and that set in motion, Texas independence. Back in 1965, on Broadway, a musical was introduced, the... uh, The name of the music was The the Man from La Mancha. Seen that, you've heard that. You probably know music from that. Well, there's a famous song from that musical. It's sung by the hero of the story, Don Quixote. And he sings this song as he stands over his armor. And the song that he sings is entitled, the quest or maybe you know it as the impossible dream and it's got that line in it to dream the impossible dream well this morning we talk about overcoming the impossible but here's where we rest for those of us here who are believers in and followers of Jesus Christ here's where we rest Overcoming the impossible is not a dream. It is, it can be a reality if we do two simple things. Do what we can and ask God for his divine help and assistance. Trusting him to help us overcome the impossible. Let's pray together. Father, we thank you for the day. We thank you for our time. We thank you for your word. And Father, as we have talked of overcoming enemies and failures and now the impossible, we understand that it all really truly does rest in our relationship with you and our confidence and trust in who you are and what you can do. Father, today there are people here who are facing what appears to be from our human perspective impossible situations we ask this morning that you enable them and empower them to do what they can and we pray God genuinely and humbly and earnestly for your provision and your divine response it's in Jesus name that we pray Amen.